0: tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania each weekday at 9am and uh, for those listening in Tasmania you can catch us again at 4.30pm in the evening and um, I'm your host Tabitha Zachariah and today we have David Maxwell David Maxwell um, presents his program of series titled The Coming King every Friday, and uh, today's episode is also titled The Coming King, and um, that mm. is very interesting. Now, I was wondering, um, is that like the final episode in this series, or I don't know, but anyway, David will tell us about that. Welcome, David. How are you today?
1: I'm very well. Thanks, Tabitha. Thank you.
0: Um, I hope you had a your week has been going well so far.
1: It has been. It has been. Always busy, but it's been good.
0: Okay. I believe you're used to that kind of life.
1: Yes. Yes, busy seems to be part of our vernacular these days.
0: <laughs> oh Well, um, David, you've been sharing a lot. You have lots of stories to share, which I love um, hearing. Um, do you have something new to share with us today?
1: Yes, I do, thanks, Tabitha. I've been sharing about the challenges in a Christian walk, and these have been the challenges that I've uh, Mary and I have faced, my wife and I. And this challenge I wanted to share today was the next challenge we were faced with in our Christian walk, and that was we had moved to Toowoomba. Mm-hmm our daughter had been born if you remember i shared that last week and how i thought it was incredulous that um, a hospital would send you home with this newborn child Mm. and you've got no experience at all so the next challenge for us was moving into state Um, um, my sister-in-law needed some help in in sydney so my wife went ahead with our daughter and Uh, went and helped her with her challenges that she was facing and I stayed back until I found a job in Sydney and then moved down and in many ways it was another new start you know it was a complete new start by this time we'd uh, accumulated a few things so we'd had a little bit of furniture and we were we'd spent some time in Toowoomba so we had to move and basically start again in in Sydney and it was a real challenge for us because we were starting or getting up, I was getting up very early in the morning and uh, anyone who knows Sydney, if you're not on the road and, and through the busy Sydney traffic mm-hmm. by about 7am, you're stuck in traffic until about 9 mm-hmm. So I would always get up early and, and leave. I would have to drive from north of Sydney to mascot down near the airport Mm -hmm. and then do a full day's work and then drive all the way home and and then help help around the house at home Uh, and most families do need to do that Mm. but the challenge was by the time everything was finished in the day um it was about 10 or 10.30 at night, 11 o'clock, and then we'd get up in the morning at 5 and we'd do it all again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: After only six months of this, I started to have some real serious stress issues.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought I was having a heart attack.
0: Um, are you there, David?
1: That's the kind of pains I was feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm still here.
0: Okay, yeah. I thought I lost you for And
1: uh, I was <laughs> feeling all of these pains.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, you still got me and and with all of these challenges uh, we had to rely on god to be able to help us to cope with the stress cope with the challenges that we were facing and mm-hmm. still live in a Christian experience and for us what we found was that God was gracious mm-hmm. he He knew all of those things that we were facing mm-hmm. and he knew that we were putting as much time in with him as we could mm-hmm. with a little newborn you know just uh, 12 months 18 months old and and God was gracious in that he allowed our Relationship to grow Mm -hmm. with him, even during those challenges. So Mm -hmm. that that I found very, very helpful Mm -hmm. that God cared about us so much Mm -hmm. that He uh, gave us grace, even in those periods of really hard, hard yakker, if you like, uh, in Australian Mm -hmm. language. um, While we still tried to grow a relationship with Him.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Indeed, Um, I think sometimes (coughs) it just. We go through um, difficult situations and we learn, they sort of taught us to, t- teach us to rely on God um, because, you know, sometimes you get to a point where you really don't have, you know, you just tell God, you know, at this point I just leave everything to you and um, that just teaches us to depend on God. Um, for me, like, the uh, what I can share is when I moved to Australia, I'm um, from Kenya, I didn 't know anyone here, of course, um, and uh, that was a whole different experience for me and um, so when I got here, I knew I was going to face challenges, but when I got here, like there was that shock. I did not expect um to you know the system like the way the system is run is very different um, how you access government services or you know uh, even going to the shop, how you do you um you buy items from the shop and pay for them? Mm. It is totally different, and there is no one who will show you that, and you're expected to know because it's like that's normal. Mm. Um yeah, and um you know I remember for the first three months I felt like I wanted to go back home. I was like <laughs> I made the wrong decision. But
2: mm. then, um, mm.
0: And people, the local people were very friendly, which is really good. But then at the end of the day, when you're going back to your place, it's just you and your problems. You just you know pray to mm. God god i only have you um mm. yeah you're the only one who understands my situation and uh that taught me to rely on god and also god helped me to meet um f- good people who became like family to me uh, mostly mm. from church and also mm. other friends and yeah that really helps so i under- i sort of mm. understand what you're saying
1: yeah yeah it's yeah. very important Mm. So, so look. Last week we looked at the character of God and what He was like. Mm. Um, today. Today we're going to look at where we are in earth's history and when he said he's coming back. You know, that's very important. As we just mentioned at the moment, um, God's character is good. We saw that last week and we're going to dig a little bit deeper into today mm-hmm. where he said we are. Where, where are we in history? Mm. Um, but first we are going to read some uh, a passage in, in Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me pray before we do that.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have your word. And as we open it today, we read this little passage from Matthew. We ask that you would inspire, you would speak to us in Jesus' name.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. Um, so
1: go on, Tabitha, sorry. if you could give a couple of other messages before we do that.
0: Um sure I wanted to um, give the... Show number or show number if you don't have it saved. Um it's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um if you don't have it saved, save it down as, as Tazian County's number and you can use that to text, comments, um, feedback and also request for a free offer and also you can catch us, you can catch up on previous episodes from the faith fm app or the faith fm website um that's faithfm.com.au um David did you want me to read the scripture passage
1: yes if you could so we're going to read matthew 26 and verses 57 to 64 in the new king james thanks
0: okay and those who had laid Hold of Jesus led him away from Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought to offer false testimony against Jesus. To put him to death, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is this man testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. The high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, It is as you said. Nevertheless I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven.
1: Mm, yes, this is the end of what they call the Passion Week <clears throat> Jesus is is under trial and at the very beginning of this week there was a completely different attitude in Jerusalem. As Jesus comes through the gates of Jerusalem, he's riding on a donkey on the the day of the week we know today as Palm Sunday. He's riding on this donkey and the traditional entrance for one who's about to be crowned king was to come riding on a horse. Mm-hmm. But Interestingly enough, this wasn 't just any king. this was their promised messiah, and the imagery wasn 't lost mm-hmm. they, they recognized you know that Jesus had been doing all these things, and he comes in through the gates of the city. They know their scriptures well. Let me read what I'm sure was going through their minds.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly, and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So they must recognize this sign, you know, and so many things that Jesus has done. And, and, and they're recognizing finally he's now going to be crowned king you'd be happy wouldn't you because they finally see it happening mm. and and you'd been stirred up by the crowd I'm sure if you were there you would have been shouting Hosanna laying down your coat putting down the palm branches but just four days later mm. many of them were in this text that we were reading they were shouting crucify him crucify him mm. what could have gone wrong you know after the break we're going to have a look at Two messiahs Two messiahs And I'm not going to give you an answer to that at the moment But we're going to talk about two messiahs When we come back from our break
0: Okay, we're going to listen to this song I Met the Saviour by Anders Stevenson
3: When we feel the summer breeze flow through our hair and when we fall the trials of life When all our hopes and dreams are brought back down to earth And when we see our fragile life hope we found last week that slipped away. Oh, then one day I found the Let it
4: is made possible by
2: the support of Adventist World Radio.
0: That was I Met the Saviour by Anders Sevenson And uh, you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Maxwell. And David is presenting the topic, The Coming King. And today we have a free book offer, which is um, and called End Time Living. And uh, this book presents essential Truths for troubled times and it's by it's by Mark Finley. Um we'll give you more information about that um later on. Um so David we're looking at this new series entitled The Coming King and um today's series keynote presentation by the same name, The Coming King. Um, And before the break, you said that the people were expecting a certain type of Messiah. Can you elaborate a bit about this, David?
1: Yes, no worries. Thanks, Tabitha. Yes, the the title of the talk is The Coming King, and it's the keynote presentation of the whole series. We're we're just about a third of the way through it with this one. And so it's talking about the type of Messiah that the um, Israelites expected and this in this section i'm going to expand a little bit further on what i said before the break mm-hmm. in that that the people were expecting a messiah the, a savior who would come and fulfill the promises and redeem God's people and after all that time waiting finally the time had arrived and the people responded with enthusiasm however as history shows and we mentioned before the break mm-hmm. all of that enthusiasm was very very short lived you know only the space of a few days which is really disappointing mm. <clears throat> and so in this part where I talk about the two messiahs the first I want to the first messiah I want to talk about and, and in essence we're talking about the same person but two Two different images of what the people expected and who actually came. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So the Bible talks about both, and perhaps this is part of the confusion that they experienced. The first the Bible talks about is the suffering servant. Mm -hmm. But because of their history of rebellion and deliverance, rebellion, deliverance, rebellion, deliverance, it just went on and on they didn't properly apply their own symbols and correctly understand the Messiah's mission. Mm -hmm. If they had have looked in the sanctuary service, what they would have seen a little bit closer is the whole focus of the sanctuary service was on the Lamb. And their own very renowned prophet, Isaiah, had recorded for them, the way that God will fulfill this imagery in reality in Isaiah 52 and 53. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: I thought maybe I'll just read a couple of those verses and you tell me what kind of Messiah do you think this was pointing to? Mm. (coughs) Pardon me. So in Isaiah 52 and verse 13 it says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and uh, extolled to be very high, just as many of you were astonished Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men, so he shall sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him, for what had not been told them they will see, Mm -hmm. and what they had not heard they will consider. And it goes on in chapter uh, 53, it says, He is despised. And rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we didn't esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. What kind of... What kind of um,
0: Messiah Messiah
1: did that sound like?
0: The suffering servant.
1: It does. It Mm. sounds like a suffering servant. But aside from all of that, the daily sacrifice which pointed to Jesus, there was also the Day of Atonement, which came later. And in that Day of Atonement, the record of all sin was removed and those those two animals that were, ki- uh, that were part of that, um, the, the key parts of the, that ceremony, the two goats, one for the Lord, one for Aziel, um, these pointed forward to the end of all sin when God deals with it completely, uh, forever ridding the universe and rebellion of sin and violence. But but that one goat represented Jesus, and he takes away all the sin, mm. and yet they miss the symbology. They miss the fact that he had to come first, suffer and die. Mm. But then there's the second Messiah, the other way that, that this saviour is going to come, and he's going to come also as a conquering king. So they had the order back to front, if you like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the culmination of that event, the the actual day of atonement comes to a close as the king returns now it's not everything in that that um that that uh day of atonement um symbol but it's most of it (coughs) most important part is him coming back coming to a close at that point and as jesus about is about to complete the sacrificial part of his mission he looks forward to the time when he'll complete the second part now that's the bit we read about so let me go back there in matthew and let me read just a couple of verses so jesus is here he's he's on trial and they're asking him are you god basically are you the son of god Are you the Son of God? And here it is in verse 63, Jesus um, being asked this question. But Jesus kept silent. The, The high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said, I mean, with, a, with an oath like that, Jesus couldn't but reply. He had to reply. And Jesus says, it is as you said, nevertheless, I say to you hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power, that's referring to God, the Father, and coming on the clouds of heaven. So here he's he's in the suffering section and yet he looks ahead and he yes. sees the overall plan when he's going to come mm-hmm. as the conquering king. And as he comes as that conquering king, that's, I believe, what keeps him going about that first part, the suffering servant. Mm-hmm. and And the overall plan is important and it's important and often many people miss it. Clearly the Israelites missed it here. I don't know if you've ever built a house, Tabitha. You've ever had that <laughs> that that pleasure yet?
0: No, I look forward to that though.
1: <laughs> yes, it, it's exciting. Well, maybe not building it yourself, but but certainly commissioning to have it built. Mm. You know, you pick a plan, you adjust the plan, you complete all the finance requirements, um, you follow each. Now they got sick of me because every every second day I was at the site measuring things and and making sure the pad was the right size and complaining if something. was wasn't right. And, yeah, they got sick of me. So Mm. I was there making sure it all happened, Mm. Um, you know, instead of throwing away some of the materials, putting them down the back so I could use them later and and all of that sort of stuff. So there's sorts of things that builders hate, having someone looking (laughs) over their shoulder. But you see the end from the beginning. When you're looking at the plan and the design and each part of the process, you're, you're sort of involved in a little way. You're not supposed to be too involved, but anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and so you willingly go through some of the pain, the waiting, the issues, the resolutions, until it's all complete, because you see the over, overall plan. You know, you, you constantly envision that final day when you'll take a hold of the keys and you'll walk through the door. So, too, I see that Jesus sees the whole plan. And so he willingly goes through the first part, the suffering servant part, mm-hmm. so that he can triumph in the second. But hundreds of years before, God had already shown how this would play out. And after the break, we're going to read a little bit about that.
0: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're saying God had a bigger picture, a bigger plan in mind.
1: Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, but we don't see the things from his perspective, you know, so we often misunderstand. And, and that's what I see with the, the, the Israelites here. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they saw all of those, you know, maybe it's sometimes we see what we want to see. You know, and they saw all of those things about um the 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 release from bondage sort of thing and and i guess in in Egypt they saw they were released from bondage first, and then they followed his plan after <laughs> they thought well maybe that 's how it 's going to happen again i don 't really know what was in their minds, but nevertheless, they see the They see the conquering part first, Mm. and they don't take notice of the suffering servant. And it's important Mm. in God's big plan that the suffering servant had to come first. That kind of a Messiah is what the world needed, Mm. not just the Israelites.
0: Yeah, true. Um, We are going to go to another break, and uh, we're going to listen to this song, King of Kings by Caleb and Kelsey.
3: i That stone was moved for good For the lamb and conquered dead By his blood and-
0: That is King of Kings by Caleb and Kelsey and you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Maxwell and um, so David as we're looking at where we are in the earth's history and when this promised king said he was coming back, um, what else can you tell us about this?
1: Mm, thanks, Tabitha. What a great song that was talking about the King of kings mm. and and that 's really what we 're talking about next before the break. I said that although God has a bigger plan than we can imagine mm. as we 'll see he doesn 't leave us alone in the dark though you know um, and and so Let me first recap on a story you've probably heard before if you've been listening to um, uh, Pastor Gary Webster or any of the others, uh, and I think I mentioned it earlier as well. There's a story in Daniel that's quite familiar to many people, and it's the story of this, this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and he asked his wise men to interpret it, and not only interpret it, but to first tell him what it was. And they were horrified that he would ask them such a thing. And then he he issues a death decree because they don't know what the dream is and they won't tell him. He realises he's been tricked all these years. And so eventually Daniel hears about this. He prays to God and overnight God gives him the dream as well. Mm-hmm. and then he comes and he tells the king what the dream is about this statue with these metals and and after he tells him the, what, this, what the dream was he goes on and he tells him what it means and I want to read you just a little bit of that um, in Daniel chapter 2 <clears throat> starting at verse 39 but after you, this is Daniel giving the explanation for the dream but after you shall rise another kingdom inferior to yours. So the first one was, you are this head of gold. So he uh, Babylon was the head of gold. After this, another kingdom will arise inferior to yours. Then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which will rule over all the earth. And a fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And that iron and and like iron that crushes that kingdom will break into pieces and crush all the others and then he talks about the feet and toes um, made of iron and, and and clay and then the final part he says and in the days of these kings, all those kings and the leftover remnants of those kingdoms, in, all, in the days of, of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And that was talking about this, this rock that was cut out without hands, and it hits the image on the feet and crushes the image, destroys all of those kingdoms. Yeah. And the kingdom will not be left to other people. It will break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it will stand forever. Mm. So the fulfilment of this in history has been Babylon and then Medo-Persia uh, as it overtakes uh, Babylon, then Greece defeats Medo-Persia, then Rome comes along and then we have the divided nations of Western Europe. Mm. And, and as this unfolds in history, it proves that God can see the end from the beginning. And it shows that he actually knows what the history of the world is and he loves us so much that he actually tells us what the history is going to be like. And then, you know, the beauty of this is is Daniel actually lives through the first transition. He lives to see Babylon finished,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Medo-Persia take over, mm-hmm. and he, he stays alive into the early parts of the Medo-Persian reign. So he must have felt very, very confident. Mm. That God knew what He was talking about. Someone else who knew what God was talking about and was confident in this very prophecy mm. was a man by the name of uh, Franz Hassel, who lived in the, the time of World War II, and he was a, a German um, um, officer
2: mm-hmm.
1: in charge of a number of people, and they were they were fighting on the Western Front, and he was a he was a Christian. Now I met his grandson in mm. in um, New Zealand in two thousand and seventeen, and I had to talk to him. He told us this story personally, Whoa. so this is something that he's heard from his grandfather himself. Mm. Now, they were they were on the Western Front, and France was telling all of his friends, you know, Hitler is not going to win the war. Germany is not going to win the war. Hitler won't have a thousand years of peace. That's not going to happen. Why? Because the Bible says it won't happen. There's not going to be a unity in Western Europe again, not like there was before, not with one kingdom. And so as he's explaining this, word gets back to his captain Captain calls him into the office. I I, I hear you've been saying things against Hitler and against Germany, France. And now he had quite a commitment to what he believed here because, you know, if he said, no, no, they're making it up, well, he could end up being executed. If he stood up for what he believed, he could end up (laughs) being executed. So (laughs) he he didn't have much choice. But he stood firm for what he believed. And he said, yes, I do. He says, "What, what makes you think that? Why do you think that Hitler won't win the war and we won't have a thousand years of peace so uh, Franz actually pulled out his Bible and gave him a Bible study from Daniel chapter 2 and told him about this dream and told him about how all of those have come true in history and so he knows that this prophecy is accurate and there won't be there'll be a fragmented Europe not a united Europe and it's going to go through until Jesus comes so Hitler can't win the war so, uh, the, um, his his commander says, "Thank you very much." Um, all of that was off the record, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> as as was safe for them him to speak. So they went out of the room. He said, um, "I'd like you to come back tomorrow." Came back the next day. There were two other officers in the room. They all took their hats off, meaning it was off the record. Mm-hmm. And as he as he gave. Um, uh, Franz the chance to speak again, he says I would like you to explain the same story to these two men and he explained the same story and when he'd finished he said thank you for that, now before you leave, he says you're free to go but before you leave I'd like to introduce this man he was a uh, history professor before the war, he's confirmed all your dates and times And this man, uh, he was a, um, another teacher he's confirmed that your timings are accurate wow. And, and, uh, as he left, he was wondering what was going to happen. And what actually happened was mm-hmm. that commander, based on what France told him, mm-hmm. started to stockpile food and, and, uh, and, and fuel so that his, um, regiment would be able to get back to Germany when the war ended. He, his, his regiment was one of the first to arrive back in germany i think there was only about seven out of that entire regiment i think it was about 1500 that um that survived and franz was one of those Mm -hmm. and he was the first uh, teacher back in school in germany so it was just amazing that franz had the confidence in god's foreknowledge in our history Mm. And because of this amazing prophecy that's been so accurately fulfilled down through history, um, he knew he knew what God was going to do. But, you know, there's, there's another prophecy that I've hinted at um, that also helps us show when this king will come and where we are in history, and that's a prophecy that talks about 2,300 days. Now, I haven't got time to dig right into it, but what I would like to just basically say is, it's a time period that's described in Daniel eight thirteen and 14. Mm-hmm. And, and this particular time period <clears throat> actually outlines the beginning of the time period, which we've looked at before, outlines when Jesus will come. You remember the 457 BC and Jesus the Messiah being anointed in his baptism. Then he lives, then he dies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that that start date from 457 is very accurate. We know that from history and simple mathematics shows us that that section of 490 years takes us through till AD 34 and that what happened in A.D. 34 was, was the stoning of Stephen. You remember Stephen, who was one of the deacons in the early church,
2: mm. and he
1: was telling the Israelites, saying, you know, you have, to, you have to turn to Christ, you have to believe in Christ. And he gave them this history of Israel down to the time of Christ and then said, you stoned this man, you killed this man, and, and he's the Messiah, he's our Messiah. And they hated what he was saying so much they took him out. And they stoned him. They killed him. And uh, and he he realizes when you look in history, you realize that the time is up for the Jews. This four hundred and ninety years, and and Jesus' sacrifice takes place in the middle of that last week in AD thirty one. Uh, AD 34, time runs out for the Jews. When you look at the start date, it's 457. This 2300 years takes us through to 1844. Mm. That's, um, that's 2300 years. Um, if you use your calculator, you'll be a year out because there's no year zero. Mm. Um, but it's just 176 years ago. That was the end of that prophecy. Mm -hmm. And like the earthly sanctuary was cleansed every year, so the heavenly sanctuary needs to be cleansed. The earthly Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, yearly service, signified the removal of sin from the earthly sanctuary. And so this actual Day of Atonement, when God is cleansing the heavenly sanctuary, It begins in 1844, at the end of that 2,300 years. Uh, Daniel chapter 12 actually uh, tells us Mm -hmm. um, the end of that. Let me just quickly read chapter 12 Mm -hmm. and verse 1, and it says, At that time Michael will stand up the great prince, who stands watch over all his people, and there'll be a time of trouble such as never was. That talks about Jesus standing up, Mm -hmm. the... the, um, the, the judgment being finished, as in, you know, you sit in judgment. When you stand up, the judgment's done. That's the parallel there. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus is going to return.
2: Mm.
0: So from that, uh, what you've read <coughs> and what you've said, I'm gathering that you're saying Jesus' return is the rock that strikes the image in Daniel 2.
1: Daniel 2. Chapter two. That's mm. exactly right, Tabitha. And as he returns... As it said in Daniel chapter 2 in that prophecy about the statue, he puts an end to all earthly kingdoms. We know where we are in history mm. when we see that the 2,300 years is finished and the next thing that happens after the end of that judgment, when, Dan, when when Michael stands up, he comes back and that's the rock coming. So we are only 176 years mm. from the end of or the beginning of that judgment. And how much longer do we have? I can't say, (laughs) but surely it can't be very long.
2: Mm, mm,
0: For sure. Um, We are about to go to another break, but before we do that, I'm just going to give you some information about the offer that we're giving out today, which is the book End Time Living, and um, that is on talking about essential truths for troubled times, and it's by Mark Finley. Um, The past is still with us. All of us live with the consequences of choices we made back then, What choices are you making today? How do you want to live your life in the future? And in this book, Mark Finley, uh, who is the speaker of Emeritus of the It Is Written television broadcast, he shares essential Bible truths in this book to help all of us. Make better decisions in these troubled times. Um, God gave humans the ability to make moral choices. Today we need that ability more than ever before. And um, just um, claiming that book will give you an idea of um how to go about that and making the right choices in this end time. Um, I'll give you the code to request for the book after the break. But for now, we're going to listen to this song, uh, "Be Thou My Vision" by Anna Weathercup.
2: Be
4: there my babe
1: program is made possible by the support of Adventist
4: World Radio.
0: That was Be Thou My Vision by Anna Weathercup. And uh, you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Maxwell. And uh, before we went for break, I promised to give you the code to claim our offer for today, which is the book End Time Living, uh, Talking About Essential Truths for Troubled Times by Mark Finley. And the code to get the book is King 5.0. King number five, no space in between. Text that to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one um and we'll get that book sent to you. Um, David, before the break, you mentioned that God gave us an outline of the world's history from the time of Daniel right down to our day and beyond Um, when he will return. Do you have anything else to share as we, before we, you wrap up? Uh, because yes. we're in the last section.
1: Yes, well, I'm really glad you said that <laughs> in the last section. So this section, what I'm going to talk about is the time of the end or the end of time. Now, Actually, our listener last week, um, one of our listeners texted in and you read that about the end of time or the time of the end. And it's interesting that we, firstly, we covered those time periods because it's important to know where we are in history, as the Bible records it, so we look at all that's We look at the statue, we see down through time where we are, um, where in those that, those feet and the toes. So when it comes to the statue, we and and the vision there, we know the past of it was accurate, the previous parts of it were accurate, the future will be accurate as well. The next thing that happens is the rock that comes down. So that's at the end of the the vision isn't it
2: Mm.
1: now when we are talking about this show we are at the end of the show
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: we're not at the end of the show yet right we're in the last part of the show We're at the end of the show when you say goodbye and you close it off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Similar when it comes to history. There's been 4,000 years of biblical history. Now, I know people will debate that, but biblical history, what's been recorded, the start of that to Jesus coming, uh, the first time was 4,000 years. We have had 2,000 years since that. You would agree we're past the halfway mark and we're well towards the end. So these two phrases, time of the end and the end of time, are two different time periods. Mm. When when the apostolic era was clearly referred to in um, uh, Hebrews 1-2, was clearly referred to as these last days. When they were writing in the apostolic era, they said these last days. Mm-hmm. We're 2,000 years beyond that. We are in... The last day, if you like, so there are the last days, which is the final part of history of the world. But then there's the last day or days, and that's what we are living in right now. Mm -hmm. Second Timothy two, um, uh, sorry, Second Timothy three, one to five talks about what it will be like, talking about the future in the last days. Mm-hmm. So if Daniel was shown literal days, then the 2300 days equals only about 6.3 years. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have even reached to Jesus time. Mm-hmm. So it couldn't be talking about the the literal days, it had to be prophetic. It had to be talking about years. Daniel 12:4 and 9 to 13 take us down past the 2300 days after the sanctuary begins its cleansing to the end of the days the end of the days there are various interpretations that we don't have time for today talking about the abomination of desolation one of these puts the 1335 years still into the future but regardless of when it is much of the timing of these last events are hidden from Daniel Uh, let me just quickly read that in write the very last verse of Daniel mm-hmm. and Daniel wants to know something about when, what time is this going to be when is it mm-hmm. going to happen and and the angel says to Daniel but you mm-hmm. go your way till the end for you will rest and you will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days mm-hmm. at the end of the days he's saying right down the end there mm-hmm. Um, it's a time elsewhere in Daniel chapter, uh, or in Daniel, it talks about increased knowledge and and a worldwide seeking of knowledge, perhaps even speaking about the literal worldwide travel that we have today. And you think about SpaceX. SpaceX is trying to put a... a um, What's the, what's the location of it? Uh, it? It's in the stratosphere. It's trying to put a, an aircraft into the stratosphere that will allow aircraft to travel so fast mm-hmm. you can travel halfway around the globe in 20 minutes. Wow. And, and that's just incredible. They're going to shoot somebody up near to space, fly around the edge of space and then come back in. And anyway, this, this end of time, it says, will usher in a time of trouble like there never was. You think about COVID-19 You know, we've had nothing like this For over 106 years mm. Spanish flu was the last big one But we have economies collapsing um, And Jesus spoke about this in, in Matthew 24 We'll look at that more in the next program So I won't dwell on that tonight um, but, but the final illustration I wanted to use Is a train wreck Now, I remember we were in um, uh, Albury area uh, up in Wangaratta uh, last year, mm-hmm. and the train was travelling from Albury to to Melbourne, and it ran off the rails, and it and it had uh, quite a quite a problem, mm-hmm. uh, caused a disaster there, and uh, a couple of people were hurt. Now, if you were on that train and you knew that it was going to end badly, you would do everything you could to get off the train, but you wouldn't just get off the train yourself. You would do everything possible to get everyone you knew off the train with you. Mm. We have found a way off the train. This Mm -hmm. world is a train wreck and, and the King of kings and the Lord of lords has made a way for us. As Jesus rides through those gates to Jerusalem, he came as their king. But first he had to accomplish a different role. He came as the suffering servant. The people misinterpreted it and they didn't get to know the king and join his mission as they should have. All the way down, past the twenty three hundred years, forecast to Daniel, we are living in the last days of earth's history, mm. and this is the time of the sanctuary's cleansing or the or the judgment, and time is going to end very, very soon. Mm. We know that Jesus is coming, mm. but this time when he comes he 's coming as a conquering king. Mm. And unfortunately, if we don't have Jesus, as it says in First John five twelve, we won't have life. We won't receive the life that he's promised. And it's something we don't really want to miss. Mm.
0: Indeed. Um, thank you, David, for that powerful sharing. I look forward to uh, being among the people who will meet um, Jesus in the clouds. And I hope we all have shared that um feeling. And um, just to remind our listeners of the code to get the offer for today, which is the book End Time Living um, by Mark Finley. Uh, the code is KING5, KING number 5, no space in between. Text that to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, 880891 um, and we'll be able to send that book to you. Um, so David, what do you have for us next week?
1: Oh Yes, next week. Next week we're going to look at uh, the prophetic word. Um, we're going to look more specifically at the Revelation and Daniel prophecies, mm. and seek whether we can confirm where we are specifically in this presentation that we cover. It's called the prophetic word. I hope you'll tune into it. It's it's a really good, um, a really good presentation where we look a lot more specifically on the time where we are
0: living. Mm. So I look forward to that, and I hope our listeners uh, feel the same way. Join us next week to learn more about that. And uh, on Monday next week, uh, we having a different program. Uh, we have a special guest joining us in the studio, and that is the principal of our school, uh, which is Hilliard Christian School, and he'll be talking about anxiety and its association with social media um, among students. Um, Please join Steve, Steve Littlewood next week on Monday um, to hear what he has to share with us. Um, I hope you've been blessed wherever you are, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. We're going out with this song, In My Heart by Malvinas.
5: Lord, I want to be a Christian in